Are you ready to turn your investments into retirement income? Listen in as Jeremy Kyle and his guests reveal ways you can make smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions to achieve your ideal retirement. You will learn more about your money so you can feel better about your money and make better money decisions. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into a consistent income. Today, I'm joined by my producer, Eric Johnson. Eric, how are you doing today? Mr. Jeremy Kyle, I am doing fantastic. I am excited about today's topic. It, it sounds that way. You must be looking for a financial advisor or excited about the one you already have. <laughs> no. So here's the thing. I'm, I'm excited at the fact that you're tackling this. And it's not that it's like groundbreaking information, so on and so forth, but the, the common listener like myself, before I started working with an advisor, really would not have known these three points that you're about to make. And I, I like the fact that you're tackling them and you're just being very honest and, and forward with folks and saying, hey, look, if, 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 if you're looking for somebody, these are the things you, that are really, really important. So uh, no, I love this. I love education, yeah. just period. Well, yeah, that's, I think that's why you and I get along so well. We should maybe tell people what we're talking about in case you haven't figured it out already. We're talking about three things you should know before choosing a financial advisor. We've got a guidebook on our website. So go to kylefp.com and click on the upper right-hand corner. There's a place called resources. We'll have a lot of things there, but one of them will be you can sign up and get this free guidebook, three things you should know before choosing a financial advisor. And we want to just talk through that, give some people uh, some ideas and kind of a, a basis of how do you go about choosing a financial advisor? And I, I got to say this right off the bat. I, I really like this topic because I chose poorly when I was younger. <laughs> that is honestly, I mean, I, I really, I, I had no clue. And I just basically, uh, for, for two things, for an insurance guy and for a financial advisor, I did not mm -hmm. know what questions to ask. I did not know. The, the terms that you're about to tell these people. And I, I made mistakes and it was frustrating to figure that out later. I'm like, wow, I really settled for, <laughs> I didn't get the cream of the crop. I got the bottom of the barrel. It was terrible. Sure. Yep. Well, and it's such a big decision. You ought to be planning for it. And that's why uh, we have this guidebook to educate you on the topic. And I like how you said you didn't know what questions to ask. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was preparing for the show here, I was looking through different areas and the AARP, and we've talked about the AARP before, mm -hmm. uh, great organization that you don't have to be uh, a certain age to actually join, but they've got a website called Interview and Advisor. And I, I love it. I'm going to link to it in the show notes and we'll talk about it briefly today. But their website interview an advisor gives you those questions. And so I think the the best combination here, and it's whether you're looking for an advisor because you're planning to enter retirement, or maybe if you just started your working career and you're, you're saving for retirement, things like that. They, they came up with the questions and we've got the guidebook that will give you some education. So I think that's the two-pronged approach. Check out our guidebook, go to kylefp.com, click on resources and download the guidebook. And that'll give you a lot of background about the different types of advisors, what you should be looking for. And then the interview and advisor web, website, which is uh, free. It's not, uh, I'm looking at it right now, you don't have to be an AARP member, but they just give you some uh, great questions and things to do to prepare for the meeting and to uh, to look at it and kind of use as a decision guide after the meeting. Yep, and, and, and an update for our long-term listeners and for you, Jeremy. My daughter, who's 22, is a member mm -hmm. of AARP. <laughs> oh, is that because of me? Because yes. we were talking about that. I, I read that, that all these like 25-year-olds are joining the AARP because of the discount. And I thought, wait a second, I should do the same thing. 
And yeah. a lot of our clients, we focus strictly on retirement planning. A lot of our clients get the AARP magazine, the newspaper. I should be reading the same type of stuff. And so I joined the AARP. So that's great. It's uh, yeah. I guess I'm, I'm assuming I was not the youngest member to begin with, but I'm definitely not now. Not now. Yeah, but it was because of you. It was because of that podcast you did. Uh, because well, I never great. knew that before you and I were talking about it. I was I was absolutely shocked. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, 22. She's an AARP member. <laughs> Why not? You get a lot of discounts, a lot of good things. And one of the benefits, which is free, you don't even have to join, is this interview and advisor website that we'll link to. Perfect. And I love how they go through it. They give you a little bit of a process where they say, uh, step one is create a list of your needs. If you're choosing an advisor, why? Uh, do you need help with insurance, like you mentioned, Eric? Do you need help with investment advice, buying a Roth IRA? Do you need help with your retirement planning? Uh, do you even need uh, help with your budgeting or maybe uh, credit situations? You might need help with a debt reduction strategy. Those are all different areas, and you might need a different advisor based on what you're looking for. So that's a great first step. Just figure out what is it that you need. Yeah. And part of that is understanding your goals. Are you trying to do this maybe on your own and you just need like a touch point or some place to... To, to buy the things through, whatever that is. Are you thinking of stuff you need done quickly? Like, am I saving for a house that I'll be uh, buying in the next two years? Or is this more long-term? Think, think about this time frame of, of when you're going and needing all these different services. Then they say to research your advisor. Well, that's, that's a great thing. A lot of the stuff they talk about, you'll see in our guidebook, figure out how long have they been in business? What licenses? do they have? So this is all kinds of prep work you're doing even before you talk to that advisor. And then they give you some prep of, you know, how should you approach this? I'm assuming just like people have only retired once in their life, you usually only pick a financial advisor one or two or three times uh, in your life. And you ought to be listening for certain things. Are they more of a a sales type of person? Are they trying to teach you things and and educate you? Are they uh, talking down to you? Or are they trying to empower you? Are they transparent about your fees or their fees and their background and things like that? So there's things to be paying attention to and listening for uh, while you're uh, talking with them. And then the the last part of it, it says during the meeting, and they give you uh, some specific questions. We'll, We'll link to those. But some of those questions are, you know, what financial services do you provide? If you figured out, here's a list of things you need, and you go interview an advisor, you might want to figure out if they actually do the things you're looking for, right? That's an important thing, you know? And then what's your experience? Somebody with a complex situation might be looking for somebody that has experience in that particular complex situation. And there's all kinds of things like stock options or or maybe specific uh, amounts of money if you have a certain level of money where the gift and estate taxes come into play. You ought to have find someone with experience in that area. And other questions too, like, what investments do you offer? Some advisors only offer specific investments from specific companies. What is your overall investment philosophy? If you've gone through and done some research and said, you know, I really like this idea called passive index investing, and you go find an advisor that believes completely the opposite, that advisor might be good for someone else, but they're not good for you because they're not matching up. You want their Mm -hmm. investment philosophy to match up how you want your investments uh, to go through things. And of course, and this is why we talk about it uh, in the guidebook a lot, is you really ought to know how are they compensated? What are the fees that they're charging you? And so they have very specific questions and I like how they have it. There's a checkbox, you can hit print. And next thing you know, you got a checkbox of of these questions to ask people. So it's a a helpful resource. Hmm. Sounds great. Yeah, so we'll link to that 
that's a great thing to kind of the tactics of it. But we'd love for you to know more, just like you were saying, Eric, uh, it took you a bit of time to kind of learn by experience. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we can uh, send people down the right path by learning these things ahead of time before they meet with different advisors. So here we go. Three things you should know before choosing that financial advisor. And we'll start with uh, step one, which is a term that so many people have learned in the last five years or so called fiduciary. They've learned the name, they've learned the word. I don't think they know really what that means or why it's important, how to even check for it on there. Uh, a lot of people walk in our door and they're interviewing us to be a financial advisor and uh, things like that. And they'll ask, are you a fiduciary? And we say, yes. And they say, okay, great. And they've got their list of other questions and they kind of fold it up and put it away. Like, okay, that's, that's, you don't need to stop there. I, I say, hey, let's go through your other questions. Those are important. But that is a great question to ask. Are you a fiduciary except most advisors are going to say yes. What you really need to do as a follow-up question is, are you acting as a fiduciary to me? Uh, what's interesting mm. is you walk into a financial advisor and you have no idea if there's something called a broker or an investment advisor. A broker is somebody that is making commission when they sell you an investment product. An investment advisor is somebody that's held to that fiduciary standard and is giving you ongoing investment advice. And neither one of them are wrong. You might just be wanting somebody to sell you an investment product because you say, I want to buy this stock. I want to buy this investment account. Well, there you go. You'll get that through a broker. Other people are looking for the ongoing investment advice. They like the idea that basically they're paying the investment advisor as opposed to the commission paying that person. And so don't just ask the question, are you a fiduciary? Say, are you acting as a fiduciary when we work together. Because honestly, most advisors are both a broker and an investment advisor. So when you ask them, are you a fiduciary? They can honestly say yes, because they are an investment advisor, uh, but they might end up selling you that investment commission product. So you wanna find out, how are you gonna be acting uh, towards me? And then another follow-up question was, well, prove it. Show me uh, where it's listed. And you can uh, do this yourself, or you can go to places like uh, Broker Check is one of them for investment advisors. It's called the Investment Advisor Public Disclosure website. We'll link to both of these areas where you can double check to say, are they listed as a broker? Are they listed as an investment advisor? Or are they both? And that difference between broker and investment advisor is one of the biggest differences for the idea of this term fiduciary. It's Jeremy Kyle here, and I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our 5-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com, use the number or spell it out, you'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening, and now for the rest of the show. Now we get to number two. How do I find an advisor who's any good, right? I still have not met a financial advisor whose business card says bad financial advisor. Like, <laughs> yeah. and there's really no good advisor directory. Like that's what you're looking for is a good financial advisor. There's generally not a directory that says, let me filter for the good ones and let me filter for the bad ones. Like you've got to do this on your own and, and, and figure this out. So here's how we define a good advisor. 
Uh, a good advisor is someone that helps you feel confident about your retirement decisions, helps you live a fuller retirement, and helps you to confidently make life-changing investment and tax decisions. You ought to feel good about working with that person. Meanwhile, a bad advisor doesn't return your calls, doesn't alert you to big opportunities, or even worse, might put you into bad, locked-up investments or commit fraud. I mean, that's those are two different paths, and it's so hard to figure out which path you might be on ahead of time. It's, it's even hard to figure it out while you're on that path, but here's what we'd encourage you to do. If you're looking for a good advisor, oftentimes you want to work with someone that is that investment advisor. So make sure that they're registered through the SEC or through their state where they're listed as an investment advisor. Again, we'll have links to that. If you want some proof that they actually know what they're doing, usually the CFP designation is the way to go about that. It's the certified financial planner professional. There's somebody that's had over three years of experience. They've done training. They've been tested in 72 different areas of financial expertise. They've spent thousands of hours studying for this and having the experience. And there's a website you can go to. It's called letsmakeaplan.org. And it will list out uh, if someone is a CFP professional or not. And that doesn't guarantee they're a good advisor, but now you're moving in the right direction. They're listed as an investment advisor where they're providing you that ongoing fiduciary advice and they've been tested, kind of proven that they know what they're talking about through that certified financial planner CFP certificate. And we all want a good advisor, but I think you ought to actually be shooting for someone who's a great advisor. And my definition of a great advisor is someone that actually specializes in the exact financial questions that you need answers to. If you really need some investment management help, there's a certificate called the CIMA. That's the CIMA, Certified Investment Management Analyst, or the CFA, Chartered Financial Analyst. Those are designations where they've gone through and focused specifically on the investments, just like the CFP, where they've uh, done the training and been tested to make sure they've got that knowledge on the planning. This is training and testing on how you uh, go about with your investment management process. And for someone that's really wanting an investment-focused advisor, there you go. That's one way to see if they've gone through and, and reached the next level with their investment management. You might be somebody that focuses specifically on retirement planning. And there's two designations out there, the RICP and the RMA. So you got the Retirement, retirement Investment Certified Professional and the Retirement Management Analyst. Those are ways to know that they've done the training uh, on how people should approach retirement. Uh, there's even people, and you've you talked a bit about this uh, yourself, Eric, if you are somebody that is focused on a particular set of beliefs, a set of values, like the, if someone's got a belief in the Christian faith mm -hmm. and they want their advisor to match up with it, there's training and certifications for that. Uh, the Certified Kingdom Advisor is the one that specifically speaks on that. So if you're a, a values-based investor and you wanna make sure that your values, if it happens to be in the Christian faith, match up with your financial advisor, you can look for someone like that. So what you need is to understand, I guess, what, what do you need? We'll go find somebody that specializes in that. So our encouragement is to ask people what they specialize in, find the proof that they've gotten the training in those areas. And oftentimes you ask an advisor, hey, how do you, um, you know, what do you specialize in? Well, I just help people plan for their goals. That sounds nice, 
what it really means is they don't specialize in anything. <laughs> and it's like um, you go to a, a, a doctor, a surgeon, they specialize in like particular parts of the body. Like I only do elbows or I only do knee surgery. Like that's mm -hmm. very specific. And most times when you're looking at a financial situation, a financial problem or something you're trying to solve, it's a specific situation. So go out and find the advisor that works in that specific area. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, uh, no one has bad advisor on their business card. I mean, that'd be really helpful. Uh, but here's some ways, you know, maybe some things to, to keep an eye on. So a lot of times somebody that is not providing the ongoing advice is because they don't have the license for the ongoing advice. Mm. And the world of investment commissions, in the investment world, it's going to be where they only have the Series 6 or the Series 63 license. There's other licenses called the 65 or 66 where they do have that ability to provide the investment advice. When you see only those levels, the Series 6, the Series 63, it's because they're only registered to sell the investment products. And if they are registered, hey, that's a great thing. That means you can go check them out on BrokerCheck. Mm. When you look on BrokerCheck, you wanna see what that history is. Look for something called a disclosure. And oddly enough, a decent number of people actually do have disclosures, but a lot of them are from the early 2000s or like 2008, 2009, 2010, when the market dropped. And so their client maybe blamed them for the market dropping. And so a lot of people have a disclosure on there, but you have to dig in further and see what happened. Yeah. Uh, a lot of those disclosures might say denied. And what that means is there is no basis for the dispute. There was just a dispute. Oftentimes it's like, hey, the market dropped. I'm unhappy with my advisor. I wrote a complaint. And then when it's denied, it's just showing that the the advisor was found to have done nothing wrong. So yeah. just because they have a disclosure on there doesn't mean they did anything bad. But you want to look and see, what does this disclosure say? There's terms in there. Sanctions, penalties, separation, suspension, barred. These are all terms that suggest that the advisor was found wrong somehow and either the uh, regulators or the company said, hey, you can't be a part of us for a certain amount of time or even forever, or you had to pay back a penalty on that. So when you, when you see those, uh, you definitely need to dig further into it. Yeah, that's the equivalent of bad advisor on the business card. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. Quite honestly, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's about as close as we get. And I suppose, and you know, there could be an honest mistake or something that just a disagreement on there. Uh, but when you see several of those, uh, yeah. you really need to dig further and maybe start looking for someone that does not have several of these disclosures that say separation or penalty or things like that. Yeah, well, so, I, I don't know about you, but if I'm going on to uh, what is it, Yelp, or any of these other review things, and, and I see, oh, look, you know, out of a hundred people, ten people got food food poisoning from this from this restaurant. <laughs> I'm not I'm not rolling the dice on that, Jeremy. I'm just not doing it. Yeah, yeah, might not be worth the, uh, the effort, especially when you can find other ones. So here's exactly. the, here's here's a suggestion that when you're trying to find a good advisor, hopefully a great advisor, and try to avoid the bad advisors. Just the the three things to look at real quick there is: are they an investment advisor? Are they registered and have the ability and are providing that ongoing fiduciary investment advice? Are they a CFP professional? Have they done the training on there and proven that they've done the training because they've passed the test for it? And then have the regulators found them to be wrong in a customer dispute? Just because there was a customer dispute, that happens, that's kind of business in a way, mm -hmm. uh, but were they found to be wrong? Like, did, was there some reason why that uh, advisor was found to be wrong? Look at those three things. You check those boxes. Uh, doesn't guarantee you a thing, 
but probably gets you closer in the right direction, right? Yeah, a little more peace of mind, for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So the last piece of it, uh, number three, three things you should know uh, before you choose your financial advisor is how does my advisor get paid? That's highly important. Uh, somehow, eventually, it's your money that's paying the advisor. So you really ought to know how they get paid. And really, there's three main ways. First way is commissions. The advisor sells you a product and they get a one-time commission directly from the company. The other way is called investment advice. Typically, they're providing you ongoing advice. It's uh, which stocks and mutual funds and bonds, ETFs to, to invest in. You're paying them an ongoing quarterly advice fee. Uh, they're not getting a commission from the company because they didn't sell the company's products. They're getting paid through you, through your account to provide that ongoing investment advice. And the third way is something called financial planning, where it's almost like the investments have nothing to do with it at all. Like you just have questions about your finances and what to do, and you have a financial planning agreement uh, directly with the advisor, and they're maybe charging you a few thousand bucks to to work together on a specific project, or they're charging you on an hourly basis. Or they say, hey, let's uh, work together, and it's going to be uh, $250 a month to be your advisor. That's on the financial planning side of worlds. They're not getting paid at all to sell you uh, an investment. They're not getting paid to manage your investments. They're being paid to give you advice. Sometimes people call that an advice only financial advisor if they only work in that way, where they say oh, there's a few advisors out there, not too many, but there's some out there that say, hey, we only provide the advice and that's how we go about doing it. So understand those are the three different ways that people get paid as a financial advisor. That's great. And so what is, I'm assuming it would be just kind of a personal preference on how you want your advisor to be paid and, and uh, you know, what, what, what you're looking for, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. And, and the way to do that is to figure out what you need. Like if you need term insurance or mutual funds inside your Roth IRA, don't be surprised that the person that helps you with that gets paid a commission. Because typically with insurance, or just buying a mutual funds with like a you know five hundred dollar a month Roth IRA. Typically, there's that's just how it works. There's commissions that come mm-hmm. out from that. Uh, and if that's all you need, that's probably what you're looking for is someone yeah. that can provide that uh, for you. But you might also find somebody that needs to give you advice on how do you decide your pension, how do you decide your Social Security, what do you do with your retiree health coverage, what are some ideas on your estate. Those things have nothing to do with your investments, really. And so you oftentimes are looking for either someone that is going to be charging you hourly as a financial planner or to, is taking on your investments, but providing you that financial planning as part of the service. And so you want to know what is it I'm looking for? Uh, because with whatever it is you're looking for ought to match up kind of with however people are getting paid. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like if you're not getting paid to do it, what are the chances that you're actually going to do it? So the, <laughs> the example we use, like you have the, you know, the, uh, electrician come over and he's doing the electrical work and then you say hey can you fix the toilet over here as well just for free right yeah you would never expect that right you would never expect the electrician to do the plumbing work or the plumber to do the electrician work and you definitely not expect them to do it and not get paid but that's what seems to happen all the time with financial advisors we'll meet with people that are looking to to work with us and we'll say what you know what brought you in here they so my advisor uh isn't answering these questions. And we, we talk through it and we say, well, what's going on? Well, it turns out their advisor sold them an annuity and got mm. paid up front one time and then hasn't given them any ongoing investment advice. Well, of course that's the case. 
they aren't getting paid to give you ongoing investment advice. If you want the ongoing investment advice, chances are you want to have that pay arrangement show up in the ongoing investment advice world mm -hmm. if they, as an investment advisor. Or sometimes people do meet with their advisor and they say they only talk about investments. They don't know or they don't answer questions on the social security, on the pensions, on the estate strategies. Well, in a way, of course they don't. They're not getting paid to do that. They're getting paid to just manage your investments and give you stock and bond investment advice. So it's understanding the reason you want to know how people get paid is because you want to align what is it that you need done with the way that the advisor is getting paid. That way you, you know uh, you're in the right direction. Uh, they'll be there to help you out with the way that you want to be helped out. Yeah, absolutely. All right, good. Well, there it is. The, the three things you need to know uh, before choosing your financial advisor. It's number one, fiduciary. What does that word mean? Number two, how do I find an advisor who's any good? And then number three, how does my advisor get paid? So go to our website, kylefp.com, click on resources. You'll be able to download that, learn more about all of it. And we'll have a link too to the AARP interview and advisor. They've got some great questions that you can be taken in to interview your investment advisor and hopefully find the right one for you. Perfect. Good stuff, my man. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for coming on the show and, and thanks for listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.